Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Alien vs. Predator Galaxy podcast. This is Aaron Percival, a.k.a. Corporal Hicks, and joining me, as always, is... Adam Zeller, a.k.a. Ridgetop. And we're joined by, for this episode, a brand new face, voice, and name to the podcast. It's Mr. Henry Price, a.k.a. Zing. Welcome to the podcast, Henry. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. Thanks for joining us. Indeed. Looking forward to learning more about Henry shortly. Before we do start pestering uh, Henry about uh, himself and, and his projects going off, I just wanted to explain a little bit about the intent of, of this episode and potentially future episodes like this. So what I want to do going forwards is highlight more fan creators, people working on productions or various projects or costumers, stuff like that. Other fans out there who are sharing their love and passion of the Alien and Predator franchise in their own ways probably going to call it something like the inquest sub-series or something like that you know just something nerdy i was thinking debrief but then i was like yeah but we, we've already got a youtube series called the debrief but that's 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 all boring logistics you don't you guys and girls don't need to know about that but that's the intent behind this and the first person that i've invited on for this is henry because i was shared by actually henry i'll tell you one of our regular followers and viewers on on youtube uh, left us a few comments on our various videos going have you seen this awesome fan production where david attenborough visits lv426 and it, it took me a little bit of time to get to you i'll be honest i'm sorry that's okay I got there, I watched it, I was like, holy shit, this is fucking brilliant, this is so much fun, which was, you know, when when I reached out and invited you on, come and tell us about this, because you're also working on more than that as well, but again, we'll talk about that as we go through. I think that's enough of me talking. Adam, why don't you start us off with our very traditional way of uh, learning about our guests? When we have new guests on the podcast, we have a tradition, we always have to ask, what was the first time you encountered the alien and or the Predator franchise. So do you remember the first time you saw the movies? What was your experience of that like? Yeah, so I think it more or less goes in line with most fans. I watched it when I was way too young. I think I must have been about seven or eight. And yeah, just the atmosphere of the first movie and the combination of sci-fi and horror. See, I think everyone's watched Starship Troopers and movies like that where it's quite upbeat and it's quite cool. You know, you wanted to be a Marine, you know, and then you have something like Alien and it's just regular people. I think Ridley Scott used the term space truckers. You know, they're just hauling mining stuff, if I remember. And just seeing this like creature burst out of someone's stomach and, and then, you know, you think, geez, that's a nightmare. And then the thing is like six feet tall. You think, Christ, you know, my first thought was, what, it, what, what if the face would like go on a gorilla or something like that then of course alien 3 came around and that kind of answered my question somewhat and yeah ever since from then my mum she used to buy me like the old kenner toys you know the, from the 90s of course she had all the variations you had the, the rhino one the snake one did you get the gorilla one though of course i got the gorilla yeah, one i've right, been like yeah, yeah. i wasn't young i was young i wasn't on the earth long but that's all i wanted my whole life <laughs> <laughs> so from there and then of course avp came out it's just amazing i know most people don't like it but for me I, I i like it as an action movie with some very soft horror aspects to it but i really enjoyed it because i love predator as well like most fans right was it your first in the cinema no i was still too young man oh, I, was, so? I, was like, okay. I was like nine years old oh, again baby. i should have watched it <laughs> 
making us feel old now. No, no. The only one I've watched in the in the cinema is Covenant. Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched uh, Prometheus. Oh, I did watch Prometheus in the cinema. For some reason, I don't include it in the Alien universe because it's so different. But that, I guess that was the uh, it's the first Alien movie. <laughs> I'm gonna say that's surprising given one of your projects. You know. Oh, it's, it, yeah. I love Prometheus. I am one of the. I know it's like really split. You know, into people hate it, people love it, people liked it, they wanted to see more of it. I loved the whole ride of Prometheus. I thought Covenant wasn't terrible. I probably get crucified for that. No, <laughs> there, there's a lot of defenders of the prequels. You know, a lot of fans enjoy them as well. Yeah, you know, I just I love Ridley Scott as a director. He's such a strong visual director, mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter if his script doesn't make sense to yeah. me. I just enjoy the ride. It's like a roller coaster. Does it compete to original two? No, of course not. I, I don't believe anyone that would ever say any otherwise. But like, it just in terms of lore building, I thought it was at least interesting at best. I think Adam's about to walk out now. No, no, no. no. Again, <laughs> again I'm not one of those fans, man. Like, I, yeah. I have mixed feelings about the prequels, but I mean, no one can deny Ridley's direction and their beautiful movies. And I'll still go back and watch them. You know, I like them more than The Predator. Oh, The Predator is shit. It's fucking awful. <laughs> I couldn't stand it. I was so excited to watch that. My girlfriend's also a massive fan. And, uh, you know, we thought, yeah, new Predator movie. Started off, I thought, what? Predator's dead already? What the hell? Okay, let me see where it goes. I wish I didn't. I wish I just ended it there because I would have avoided the car crash that followed. <laughs> There's like no redeeming aspects. At least like Covenant. You know, it was pretty coherent. The effects were really good. At least it, they tried to make it horror. Yeah. You know, it did have a really horror. interesting, like, gothic horror kind of vibe to mm-hmm. it. So yeah, there's, there's yeah. things about the prequels I like. It's not like someone's like, I like the prequels, and I'm just like, I'm leaving. You get do out. get people like that. And, you know, I've, I've been crucified online because I said they were okay. Like, that's you know, not, I'm not, that's not how fandom best. should be. People have to it be isn't. able to just disagree and debate and stuff. And yeah, yeah totally. Okay, good. So I'm allowed to stay, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can stay. No, I just, I just more expected Adam to turn off and then just uh, disappear more than <laughs> anything. Yeah, he like disconnects. <laughs> Again, I'm the AVPR defender, so I'm used to. to no way, are you? A minority on on an opinion. But... You liked the original script. I watched your recent podcast. You thought it was interesting. Well, it was interesting. I don't know if I'd say I liked it. There was some elements in it that sounded better, but for the most part, it, I agree with you. Like the bit for me in your podcast was, uh, you know, they gave backstories to characters that are literally on the screen for five seconds. Mm-hmm. It's like it's really difficult to get to understand their thought process when they're writing it. Yeah, no, oh, we can talk about it. For, Even for a little bit of backstory, I think, helps because I noticed this. I saw Alien Three in theaters for the first time recently, and it was really? a theatrical cut. And I hadn't watched the theatrical cut for a long time. Oh. And I just noticed like these. Pre- Prisoners, no wonder people were just like, who's this person again? Because it gives zero backstory where you get just that extra bit of backstory in the assembly cut where you have a bit more context with Gallic, right? And then you have kind of a resolution of the arc with Junior. So there's just a bit more story to these characters that we still don't know very much, but it just adds Mm -hmm. a lot knowing just a, a little bit about them. Yeah, that makes sense. Alien 3, I feel, it was just so misunderstood because everyone judged it on the theatrical cut, right? Yeah, because the assembly cut wouldn't be out until the early 2000s on... on No, it was released much later, right? Yeah, because I haven't watched the theatrical cut. I think I watched just some of the scenes because it was a dog alien and I think in the second one it was a cow? Or was it the other way around? It was an ox, yeah. An ox, that was it. Cow, animal. Same, yeah, bovine, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's still quite cool. But I thought Alien 3 was all right. I think everyone, yeah. it gets so much hate because they killed Hicks and Newt. 
man. I will say in the theater, it did feel even more depressing. So I just mm. imagine myself back in the day coming off the high of aliens, right? Like, oh shit, we're doing like the ultimate battle on earth now. And then this is what they get. So I can, I can still kind of as, as beautiful and nihilistic and interesting as that movie is. If I put myself in just a moviegoer shoes, seeing that in theaters after the first two, I can yeah, you see wonder what the point is. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Alien obviously always has that kind of bleak, you know, atmosphere, but Alien 3 just took it to another level. You think, Jesus, what, where's the fun in that? That's why I love Alien 3. You do like it. It's good, though. Yeah, I like it. It's a good horror movie. Absolutely. Yeah. How about Predator? I, Did you see that? Oh, sorry, Aaron, you finished first. What were you going to say about Alien 3? There's a bunch of things I wanted to say there, actually. Uh oh. <laughs> You've been offended. <laughs> No, not not at all. I, I think it's I think it's interesting that you've never seen the theatrical cut, and I don't think you'll be that rare of a person who has never seen the theatrical cut. I just heard it's not worth it. You know, it's just the assembly cut is just so superior. The quadrilogy coming out and that edit of the film coming out caused a lot of people to reevaluate the film, and and for a lot of us. You know, like Adam said, all that additional backstory and scenes and time spent with the other characters was worth it. That's something a lot of people think. Fair enough. What else? What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, I just, I just love it being depressing as fuck. You know, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's a British thing because the film was a lot better received in Europe back in the day, if I remember rightly. Yeah, no, it it was, yeah, because back then, even today, you know, European cinema typically tends to be more grounded in reality, for lack of a better term. And and back then, American movies, for the most part, were just happy ending, everyone lives, the monster dies. Or in European cinema, you know, everyone dies. It's depressing, you want to kill yourself. <laughs> Which I prefer to. Sensibilities more. Kind of reminds me of that movie, The Descent, where you had the British ending where it's like she thought she escaped, but no, she's just losing her mind and still in the cave. And then the American ending was like, oh, no, she actually did get out. Like, as fucked up as that all was. That was Neil Marshall, weren't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. I I always wish we'd have got an alien film from him. Yeah. Didn't he do Dog Soldiers? He did Dog Soldiers. I'm trying to, I sometimes get him and Danny Boyle mixed up. Somebody was offered an alien film, and I feel like it was Danny Boyle was offered. I think Danny Boyle was. Yeah. But passed on it because of the effects. Those two guys, I would love to have seen done alien. But anyway, go ahead, Adam. Both great directors. I was just going to ask, Henry, so how about Predator? Do you remember the first time you saw Predator? Yeah, I did. I was, I think I was even younger. I think I was about six. I watched it with my older sister and I didn't know what Predator was. This was back in the day when your dad would just record something on a VHS. So it was like, okay, it's got Arnie in it. That must be so fun. We had no idea that there was an alien. We just thought it was him be, you know, killing like communists in uh, South America. <laughs> and, then, and then they'll get hunted. And we're like, oh, this guy's got night vision and heat vision. That's so cool. He must be a super soldier. And then like the scene where he's like healing himself. We're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Loved it. It's an awesome movie as well. It's so cheesy, but it feels so different from Alien, but I, they go so well together. They're both like separate ends of cinema around that time. Well, Predator was what? When did that come out? 87. 87, right? And mm. Alien was 79? Yes. Big difference in uh, time, yet they somehow interlink in a weird way. It kind of works. But I love Predator too, but Alien has always been the franchise I, I tend to prefer. Yeah, Alien I definitely kind of discovered first, and I discovered Predator through Alien, through like mm. the Kenner figures. I was like, wait, what is this ultimate alien hunter? Like, who is this <laughs> other guy? It's so weird that they, they like marketed that towards children. I never yeah. understood that. 
Yeah. They used so to do cool that with it. R-rated movies more often. They had like Robo-Cop. kids' toys for them. Yeah, like Robocop. Terminator. And, yeah, exactly. you had all these cool-ass toys and you had no idea what they were a part of. But that's how they, that's how they introduced the next audience. Exactly. Because right? mm-hmm. they know like smart. they're going to want to see those movies eventually and it works. Of course. So. <laughs> Definitely. But let's talk a bit more about what you're doing right now. So you're a new YouTube creator. We can sympathize. Uh, we were talking before the podcast. It can be a little tough as new newer YouTube creators. It's a to, minefield for sure. Exactly. But you've been working on a lot of, how would I describe this? So like CG animated short films. You have a number that are kind of alien prequel inspired. Yep. But the the one that I found out about you from was Aaron showed me this David Attenborough. It's like a, a mock documentary of him visiting LV426. And it's just really yeah. well done, really charming. Oh, I showed it so to much. my girlfriend this morning and she really liked it. Because we, we had been watching Prehistoric Planet recently. So it was, it was cool to get that. And you use like an AI generator for his voice. I assume you didn't actually call up David Attenborough. <laughs> <laughs> I called, but he didn't answer. So, you know, I had to take the alternative. <laughs> it was convincing. I don't know if some AI voice systems are, are just better than others these days, but it was really convincing. Yeah, AI is moving it's so wild quickly. Times with that. Yeah, really. So, the way I wrote the dialogue, I used Chat GDP V4. So, everything he's saying is also AI generated, all the dialogue in it. Oh, really? Yeah, I just prompted what I wanted him to say, and they would rewrite it in a manner that matches his speech pattern wow. and yeah, yeah I, and I would have figured you had just written a, a script i should have just taken credit for it shouldn't i what the <laughs> hell what am i doing <laughs> But it's it's crazy because I made that in a month. I think it was about 10 minutes. Originally, it was 15 minutes, but it was just too bloated. I needed to just really cut it down. If I was to remake it, I would probably do it a little bit differently. More fast-paced, more sort of creepy action scenes. Not like to turn it into a parody, but just to make it a bit more exciting for the viewer. Yeah. I'm still like navigating what kind of palette my audience has for it. Yeah, with the David Attenborough mockumentaries, it seems to be quite popular. I've had so many suggestions. They say I should do a part two where he explores an alien hive and, you know, using the books and everything out in the comics, sort of write a dialogue about the reproductive system of the aliens, the xenomorphs, which could be fun. Got to be careful though, because the lore is pretty, it, it's kind of solid on that. I would love to know what your opinions are, actually. Maybe you can sort of school me a bit with it. So I've seen all of the deleted scenes from Alien, and it seems to me like the Xenomorph would... It's called egg morphing. Do you know how that ties in with like the Queen and the Hive? I know they're separate writers, and that's probably why. That's a why. concept that was only really shown in the director's cut, even though it wasn't really a director's cut, of Alien. And it showed a hive that was built in the Nostromo, a mini hive. Yeah. It showed Brett and Dallas essentially being mutated into eggs themselves. Yeah. It's never really appeared officially again, but it's been kind of hinted at by, like, I know in the comic book, Tristan Jones said he was hinting at it, right? In Defiance, Aaron? But actually, I don't remember that, but it was in prototype, the book. Oh, really? So they specifically said Mm -hmm. it there. Okay. Huh. 
it's been a while since I've read Prototype. But (laughs) anyway, it doesn't appear too often in lore. I've never been a fan of the concept personally. But if you want to go for it, go for it. (laughs) No, it's not. Obviously, I played the AVP2, the game, and also Aliens vs. Predator, which came out 2010. And you play as number eight, Subject 8, the Xenomorph. And, uh, you know, the queen dies. You kind of kill everyone. And, you know, you go on a spaceship. And the end cutscene is of the Xenomorph morphing into a queen. And then the queen lays the eggs. I've always kind of been a fan of that yeah. likewise of- the whole queen molting thing yeah that's been another thing in fandom where it's like if there's no queen around whatever the dominant warrior is or whatever will just it's kind of cool right and then become a queen yeah i've always liked that one so if i explore that idea at my next david attenborough one i've got your uh <laughs> seal of approval that's on got that my concept. Vote, but okay that's what, what i want. need adam <laughs> I always liked the egg morphing, to be honest. I mean, oh, yeah? You're more partial it's quite to than, isn't the, it? than the queen molting air. No, don't, don't get me wrong. The molting's fine, and it, and it sounds very realistic. Makes sense. You know, that's the kind of thing you see with bugs and, um, you know, them getting all wrapped up and metamorphosizing and stuff like that. Mm. But because the egg morphing's never really been visited that much in the official media, you know, there's it's mostly just theories and fan conjecture and stuff like that. But I always like the idea that it would then create like a, a special queen egg. Yeah. Okay. That, I mean, that's my fan fan theory. Yeah, because in Alien Three, there's a queen face hugger. That one's only in the assembly cut. They show. Yeah, it's not very the original, briefly. right? Yeah, because in the original, you only see one egg but you know somehow the, the dog two. was somehow face hugged but you see a live face hugger so it's like this might have not been the same face hugger that was on the ship so yeah alien that's all, all confusing there that's just <laughs> a mess yeah <laughs> but do you subscribe to the idea that there's a there's a, a queen face hugger yeah, or i've liked that idea where it's like okay. there there is a preset queen face hugger and maybe the molting doesn't happen unless that's not around, around or something okay yeah they don't necessarily contradict no, no. Yeah. I mean, we've recently played, um, we've been replaying for its 20th anniversary a game called AVP Extinction. Is that the RTS? Yeah, yeah. And you mm, can yeah, just like transform a regular egg into a queen egg or a Praetorian egg. Yeah. And then the Praetorian becomes a queen. Exactly. So they all have yeah. their own little variations of how you get to the queen, I guess. Yeah, okay. I am more of a fan of a, a lone xenomorph that kind of molts. So I probably would go with that. It's more established too. Like it's better documented. So I've got more reference between to go off there's more than just six in in avp 2010 yeah so there's loads of material um that you can play with for research there totally yeah i've also um considered doing the ultra home planet as well i've got a bunch of models for that oh nice 3d models one of my good friends his name's draco warrior shout out to him he does a lot of my modeling for me which is great. He actually just made a Deacon model, which is a little bit of a spoiler for what's coming out. <laughs> but yeah, the, the young form and the adult form, so that's quite cool. But he's also done a really cool feral predator. So it would be cool for David Attenborough to sort of comment on the differences between the, the different Yautja species. Yeah, I bet that'd be good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I just wish I had more time. <laughs> it's not in the pipeline for me now. I've got like several projects. So my current plan right now is to make one animation per month. So Vault of Heaven, which is like really my first ever big animation it's probably going to be about 35 minutes long it's the preview clip i've shown you i know i've sort of teased a bit you saw the run animation of the queen chasing the space jockey mm-hmm. so yeah i mean that's really fun it doesn't really sit well with the lore too much 
the way I've got it set up, there's like a slave race of aliens which harvest the eggs from the queen and they provide the eggs to the engineers. And the slave race, for whatever reason, the queen kind of ignores them, doesn't care about them. I theorize that's why space jockeys might use them like that. And they do look quite similar as well. They're the blue dudes, yeah. They're the blue dudes, right? The one with the glowing eyes. I don't mean to give all your models away here, but correct me if I'm wrong, those are like Mass Effect models, right? Yeah, okay. I had to borrow. <laughs> Yeah, because it's my first animation. I just I had nothing to go off, so I, I had to go off that, which we'll I'll talk about a bit later. But um, yeah, it's kind of like there's a, a sort of head person that's in charge of the slaves, and he's the only one that can communicate. He was a biomask, a predator biomask, but he wants to revolt against the space jockeys. So in order to do that, he tries to get a face hugger out of an egg. Mm. The eggs are locked down. There's there's a good scene where they're trying to open one up and they accidentally kill it. They also kill others in the room as well. So their idea is to sort of ambush a space jockey when he's by himself, when he's doing an inspection. Uh, of course, the space jockey just wrecks them. I've got a scene. After watching Prey, it's really inspired me to do a real badass sort of beatdown scene. So it's very similar to that. Like I've got like 20 models running at this guy and he pulls out sword and he's just fucking them up it looks sick and then uh, he w- accidentally wakes the queen up in, the, in you know in the process of being badass and then suddenly <laughs> he's he's the one that has to run so the the slave race kind of use that they knock him unconscious and then uh i don't want to give too much away but there's a deacon involved let's just put it that way and what i wanted is for the head of the slave race he obviously needs weapons to fight the space jockeys so he he wants to open all of the eggs and just uh, impregnate all of the other slaves. So he's using everyone around him, basically. Yeah, it's interesting that you're playing around with the prequel lore, because one of the things Aaron and I have noticed is in the official projects, I think they're always nervous because they don't know what Ridley's going to do next. So they'll never yeah. like play with the prequel lore too much. I think Fireteam Elite kind of pushed that as far as we've seen it. But exactly, in some of the yeah. fan creations like yours, I remember there's another animated series that came out not long after Prometheus, kind of on the lead up to Covenant. But yeah, to see the the fans kind of play around with those concepts a bit more has has been really cool. Now, do you use is it Source Filmmaker? Yeah, Source. Yeah, so right now because it, it's kind of outdated now, but it's great for the beginners because you have just an enormous amount of assets. It's so easy to load up and learn animation. I'm completely new to it, so I was able to do it. I also have motion capture as well, so all of the movements you see are all me. Actually, I'm I'm also the actor. That was it. another thing I was going to ask you because the movements were so natural. I thought it was oh, motion you. capture, and you're seeing now with games like VR Chat, you know, people will just put on full motion tracking suits it's and crazy. things like that. So. Yeah, it's insane, but it, it just it really helps me. The only thing is, when I did the running animation for the space jockets, full bolt. I've I've only got like a four meter room, so I only could do two <laughs> steps, and and then I had to loop it. But it worked really well, so I'm quite happy with that. But the queen itself is so different to our anatomy that is completely by hand. And mm. I use Rexy animation as a reference from the Jurassic World games because mm. I envision her to move like a T-Rex. I know she looks really cool when she runs an AVP, but I always thought it looked it was a bit too quick, looked a bit too light on her feet. So I wanted it to be like really heavy, like this massive head, massive tail to counterbalance. Just gives it mm. more weight and makes it a bit scarier, in my opinion. So this is something you're just 
doing as a, a hobby you're not a professional no not at all this is completely new to me so during covid i learned how to animate it took me about a year and that's when i started my uh, animation project and i've got so many like in the pipeline i'm kind of already working on but yeah vault of heaven is definitely i'm almost done i just have to do one more scene and then it's complete and then i've allowed myself a week to edit everything as well uh, and then i'll create subsequent episodes of it too because i don't want to wait so long to keep releasing things so the first is kind of like a prologue it's about 35 minutes long and then a follow-up will probably be more five eight ten minutes long you know whatever feels natural the end goal is to have a big battle between space jockeys and xenomorphs and i've got some really cool stuff in mind i've already started animating i've got like a colossal ancient queen and she's like the size of godzilla and that's like the xenomorph's answer for whacking the derelict ships out of the sky <laughs> so it's, it's cool it's gonna be like giant space nukes and yeah this is like just literally the beginning so yeah it's nice. gonna be a lot of fun it's gonna be new the thing is we're, we're making fan material you kind of don't want to make what's already done because i'll never ever be as good as the movies never so I, I wanted to sort of deviate somewhat that still respects the law somewhat so it doesn't interfere with anything it's completely mm-hmm. separate to what we know already and it could happen we don't really know what happened you know on any of those planets where they stored the eggs and the black goo and everything else so i guess this is my sort of telling of it it's not too serious <laughs> yeah no it's uh, what i've seen so far has been really interesting i just barely watched your um the running animation with the queen and the uh, the engineer. And I thought that was really well done. I, I was like, yeah, she kind of looks like she's moving like a T-Rex. So it's funny that you got it from that. Was it like Jurassic World Evolution? Yeah, so, so when I Jurassic World, it's funny. On my computer, I ran the animation and I, I had my laptop here and I was like, I was like copying it type thing. I was using it for reference. That's cool. It seemed to work quite well. We haven't really seen the, we don't really know how the queen runs. I know in Aliens, but obviously it was, you know, technology at the time. They did the best they could. In AVP, I just felt it, it moved too lightly. Yeah. What are your yeah. opinions on that? I mean, it's it's interesting because, yeah, you have the difference between the, the movement of the queen and aliens where she's more kind of like awkwardly moving and her legs mm-hmm. are like by her sides, whereas in AVP, she was more kind of dinosaur-like. And I always kind of preferred the AVP incarnation. We've yeah, seen a move too. like that in the games as well, at least the more recent ones. So how about you, Aaron? It's funny because we were just talking about this on Discord or on the forum today. I can't, I can't remember which one it was. No, it was, it was in regards to the Praetorians. It looks awkward as hell when she is moving in aliens and you know a lot of that is to do with the fact that it was either a giant ass puppet or or a rod puppet or miniature puppet but it makes sense that she would move awkward because she's supposed to have a you know a stationary life exactly she sets up factory and then just starts pumping out those eggs so it makes sense confined space as well right it's not like avp it's out in the open it's corridor for humans not like three meters tall I suppose you, you do have some of the temple corridors, I think, where you get some good shots of her running down in AVP. But yeah, I, I know where you're coming from and, and I can see it in terms of it being a little too light forward. And I think that's a problem a lot of CG tends to have. Definitely. Yeah, it's, getting that realistic weight and inertia to the, the generated imagery. But yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed what you did with the run animation as well. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Felt damn heavy. Yeah. 
what you know what you're saying about um you know all these tools and stuff that you've been using it's great to offer fans an ability to do these kind of things to flex their passion to flex their creative muscles with things like the source you know filmmaker and having all yeah. these assets there ready and available for you to use because then you are focused on on you know what, what's going on in, in your noodle yeah and, and flexing that fan creativity it's yeah. really, really cool to hear you utilizing all that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just such a good place to start. But I am transitioning to Unreal now, which is obviously photorealistic. It just, it looks fantastic, but it is so different. So I'm still going to make content, as mentioned before, at least once per month, it would be good to do a sort of alien fan movie and then uh, slowly start to release stuff in Unreal. And then from there on, it should be good. Is it Unreal 5? Unreal 5.2. Okay, cool. Yeah, I've seen so many interesting like tech demo videos of what can be done with Unreal, <laughs> but amazing. still not a lot of games have, have used it yet. Like I saw one they did with the Rivian electric truck manufacturer, and they just showed these generated environments and uh, the lighting reflections on this truck driving through this like jungle, and it was just unbelievable what It's so what photorealistic. Yeah. yeah, and it does so much of the heavy lifting for you too. Like it's a lot more convenient than what I'm currently using. So I should be able to make much better content that looks looks more appealing at least. Would you say Source Filmmaker is good for like beginning animators though that want to just like get their feet wet, get into it? Like totally. Unreal might take a bit more technical knowledge or? Yeah, Unreal, you over, because you can just do so much more, it's inherently a lot more complicated as well. There are some really good alien models out there as well. So there's just, there's so much potential with it really. Also lip syncing, the technology with Unreal is just crazy. That's Unreal, right? <laughs> you, got, you got an app for your phone and it reads your face and it live streams to your editor in Unreal and like you actually can act and it, it, mm. it like replicates your facial animations which is just such a is game changer. Is like metahuman tech that they've added or? Yeah exactly yeah yeah for metahuman a lot of models do support it but metahuman's just crazy it's so good so yeah that's definitely the direction I want to heading but for now I'm just having fun I'm just telling some fun stories. My favorite part of your David Attenborough video, I won't spoil it for those who haven't seen it, but it's where... <laughs> well, actually, actually, wait. If you're listening to this and you haven't already watched it, go uh, on YouTube and find David Attenborough visits LV426. Thank you very then much. Then come back to this episode, please. That's better. Adam, go ahead. I can spoil it now? Okay, so... <laughs> go ahead. It's where he puts the face hugger back gently. Mm. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that must have been something like ChatGPT came up with and you're like, this would no, be funny I... if he doesn't. Or you added that bit yourself? Or Yeah, completely. The only thing I used ChatGPT for was to, just the dialogue to help him with the writing. Oh, okay. Because it's it's not my thing. All the camera direction, the general plot of it was all me. Yeah, I have I actually recorded a lot more skits than that, but I felt like it was too goofy. Like there, Originally, I had a working Joe. He was completely useless. Like one of the crew members would fall over, and he would just stand there awkwardly staring at him when he's trying to like, that like you know, great, give me though. a hand. Yeah, and then he kind of gets off and he just whacks the working chill with the hammer. I have to, I might release it just on Instagram, like you know, just for fun. But yeah, it just it felt too goofy, so I kind of left it out. Why did you decide David Attenborough for this? 
I was just playing around with uh, AI tools at the time, and I was using something called Eleven Labs, and that allows you to tra train AI models. And I was kind of just experimenting. I wanted to use it for future projects, so I, I thought, let me just do David David Attenborough. It's such like a iconic voice; you can't really replicate it easily. Of course, it replicated it really well. So I was like, oh, wouldn't it be quite fun? I was thinking, what can I release for Alien Day? That was the original idea for it, and yeah, I thought, let me just let, let me just add those two together. I think it, it was relatively easy to make. All of the movements of David Attenborough are recorded in one take, and then I cut it up and put him in different environments. So it was fairly easy to make. And again, when we release this episode, just you know, look in the description. You'll see a link to it. So Perfect. if you haven't already, after Aaron's prompting, uh, be sure to go check it out because it Please is do. a pretty fun video. So when do you think you're going to drop Vault of Heaven? When do you think that's going to be done? Uh, I'm aiming for this month, end of this month. Yeah, because I want to start working on my next project immediately after it's released. Okay, so as, as of recording, that would be the end of June. So if you're listening to this episode after the uh, you know end of June, head to YouTube and go to Zing Republic and see, see what Henry's got on there for us. Thank you very much. Is the next project Alien, or are you branching out into... No, it's other... only Alien. I can I can tell you about everything I've got in the pipeline. I would love to hear your guys' feedback on it. Don't spoil too much. No, I'll give you like really basic synopsis of what I got. So my girlfriend came up with this idea, actually. She said it would be quite fun to have Indiana Jones visit the temple from AVP, the one under the ice. Oh, yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, I recreate some of the scenes in the movies. But it will have obviously a twist because Indiana Jones is there. And his whole thing is he wants to get like the Predator's gun. And that would be a cool <laughs> way just to incorporate everything all at once. So that seems quite fun. It, it feels quite easy because I have everything I need to get started already. So I'm thinking that. Yeah, I like the sound of that one. Do you? Indiana Jones fans hopefully will like it too. I love both franchises. You might have one Predator one in mind, right? You said your friend did the, the Feral Predator model that you oh, yeah. have something to do with? Exactly, yeah. So I've got a really good Feral Predator. I've already rigged it up to motion capture and everything like that. I thought it would be quite fun to do a David Attenborough. He sort of goes to the Yelcher homeworld. And oh, that's he, right, yeah. yeah, so he, he sort of narrate the differences between the Yelcher species. And maybe he you know gets into a fight with one. That could be kind of fun. <laughs> but that, that's kind of far down the line. But it, we'll see how popular you know this one goes. So yeah, Indiana Jones is one. Another one. It's kind of different. It's um, during World War II, division of German soldiers stumble across a cave. It has a Xeno hive within it. And the story will just focus on this isolated unit as they defend their trench from an alien's onslaught. That sounds really cool. Yeah, like a unique blend of like historical horror and the alien lore as well. You know, you can have them all lined up shooting at waves of xenomorphs all at night, of course. I just think that would be kind of neat to see as well. I don't know what you guys think of that. There's a game that just came out called Amnesia the Bunker, if you've heard of it. And yeah, they, no, they kind of yeah. compared themselves to Alien. I and it was like, it. I think it's like World War One or World War II or something, but you're I just in this dark one. bunker yeah. being chased by this monster. Yeah. So that kind of reminded me of that a bit. Yeah, and it's just something so creepy about World War One trenches. I don't know what it is. We mm -hmm. get taught a lot about it at school. Aaron, I'm sure, knows. <laughs> so yeah, it's just the stuff of nightmares. It makes sense to kind of combine the two. And it would be cool mm -hmm. Just to see, you know, an army versus another army type thing. That's always been my dream of, of seeing, you know, as an alien fan. There's a really niche game called Colonial Marines 13. It's a mod of Space Station 13. Hmm, I've heard of that one. Have you not? It's like, it's relatively big. Basically, the Colonial Marines land on a planet, you know, 
responding to a distress call and Xenomorph Hive will attack them as they land. And they're, they're all players. You'll get like 160 players in one game. And all the Xenos are players and the Marines are players. And it's just sort of encapsulates what a battle might look like between the Colonial Marines who are prepared, you know, they have like four squads. It's not like an Aliens where they were ambushed in or what's going on. It'd be cool just to capture a total war, what that might look at, look like. I'm going to have to look into that, actually. That looks interesting. It's a really niche, like, <laughs> 2D game, but it's quite popular. They cover, uh, on the forums, they talk about your guys' stuff, so it would be good to give them a little shout-out, I think. Hey, anybody who loves us, we'll, yeah. we'll go out of our way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Another short I have planned is, um, it follow, it's kind of like a found footage-type format, you know, like oh, Blair I'm Witch. I'm sold already. I'm sold oh, already. Yeah. Blair Witch Alien? Yeah, that sounds good. But it's, so it's a maintenance engineer on the Sevestival station, as shit goes down and Even it's kind better. of him documenting it you know the working joe's just going crazy him going through an event he's like being followed by like a xenomorph he doesn't even know what that is you know he just sees this like creepy figure chasing him I, and then it, he kind of documents how he tries to escape i thought that would be quite cool all of these are in 10 minute formats i think alien is perfect for found footage well maybe aliens more because you know that whole setup is already there you know with the helmet cams and um that's true yeah the like the smart gun eyepiece because that's got to record footage somewhere as well so it's got to be like gun cam footage of that and i've always wanted to see somebody try and do a alien found footage fan film because i think you know it just inherently works you know it's more of a on the fly kind of Mm. you know format that i think would work really well on a on a lower budget in live action as well so i'm definitely i'm very curious to see what you do with that one very okay Okay, well, that's like, that would probably be, if not the next, then the one after, because I have all the assets from the Alien Isolation game, so I can kind of just play around with that, and it it would just be a lot of fun. Mm. You know, the games, they've got to be something that really help out, like, people such as yourselves, you know, because then you have all these Unreal models that you can rip from Colonial Marines, and you've got all exactly. these um, assets yeah. take from Isolation, and even the sounds and stuff. Yeah, I mean, the sound design in Alien Isolation has is, got to be one of the best from any game I've ever played. Like, I love oh. the game so much. I'm so sad they never made a sequel. Yeah, I mean, there's rumors that maybe, eventually. But yeah, I mean, that goes beyond fan creators, too. I mean, Aaron, on the books, they, they've used the Colonial Marines alien model, like, how many times now, right? You know, so the, the games do, provide, I guess, provide a resource, yeah, for, for people. Now, speaking of resources, like, you, you learned the skill of animation during COVID, right? So if someone was interested in, in learning animation themselves, what would you, where would you recommend they start? Uh, I would recommend Source Filmmaker just because it's very cheap and for free you can use so many assets. Um, it would just give you a basic idea of, of movie making in general because it's not just the animation, of course, it's the camera angles, the cinematography, the color grading. This would just give you such a nice sort of warm beginning to animation. Unreal's it looks relatively easy, but it's very complicated to get what you want. And I would only recommend that after. And of course, you've got Blender as well, which I, I am using for the movie. All the planet shots are from Blender. Mm. But that's even more complicated than Unreal. It's not something I use. Yeah, so I would say Source Filmmaker is a great place to start. And then Unreal when you're ready. Did you just like look up tutorials off the bat? Or did you just like, I'm just going to get into the software and explore it and see what no, I can do? No, I've, I've followed tutorials like religiously. <laughs> and any particular person or no not not really i would just if i have like a a thought 
okay, I want this scene to look a certain way. I would Google it. Like, you know, how, how do I emulate a sun or how do I do slow motion? Like the thought would come to me and then I would just Google it afterwards. There's a lot of official material, which is super useful as well. So I, I would always recommend to start there. Cool. Well, I, I think we're about asked out, are we, Adam? Yeah. I think I've seen most of your work now, but I'll be definitely keeping an eye out for all you have in the in the pipeline. Sounds like some interesting stuff. Please do. If anyone would like to check out your work, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. So of course I have my YouTube channel. It's Zing underscore Republic. Zing with an X. I'm also on Instagram. It's same handle. It's Zing underscore Republic. And uh, I'll, I'll also be checking the comments of this, of course. So if anyone has a question, feel free to ask. I'll always give you that time. I'm such a big fan. And I think it's great to interact with other big fans. Oh, of course. Yeah. Always. I mean, it's half the fun of what we do is, you know, nerding out with other nerds, shall we say? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we got some new official things coming out. We have Romulus. We have the Fox series as well. Mm -hmm. So it's it's nice to see some life brought back into the franchise. Yeah, definitely. As of recording today, we've got a new game. Tomorrow, in a few hours, hours, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, If you guys check that out. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. It looks amazing. Looks so fresh Mm. as well. Looks quite similar to XCOM, which I I think is a good thing. I love XCOM. I'm such a big fan. I had a friend that was really into it, but I haven't played it myself. So it'll be it'll be interesting Fresh. to get into this new kind of game experience with Alien, you know, that I haven't really Definitely. done before. Yeah, looks very good. And so I'll also include links to um, Uzzing's channels in the post that goes on the website with this and on the YouTube upload. So if you're too lazy to search him, but you're lazy enough, not lazy enough to click links, go and check out in the video description or on the website. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Go, guys. go, go! Check him out. Go, uh, give him a subscribe. Uh, go, give those videos a like and um, support this man down here. Thank you so much. No worries. Yeah, I guess that's it. Um, Adam, do you want to haul us out? Well, you can always find us at avpgalaxy.net and all the usual social channels: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course YouTube. And uh, if you're listening to us on uh, podcasting platforms, we always do appreciate you leaving a rating. It really does help us out if you enjoy listening to our content. But thanks again for joining us. And Henry, thank you for, for coming on and chatting with us and look forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I hope everybody out there else has also enjoyed listening to us and uh, Zing talk about his uh, passion. This has been Corporal Hicks. And Ridgetop. And Zing Republic. Signing off.